So I was sound asleep and I don't remember what the dream was about, but Jesus walked into the dream and he said, wake up, go answer your phone. Your phone is ringing. And my phone was plugged in in the other room that night and turned off. And so I get up out of bed. I go in, I pick up my phone and I look at it and it's ringing. And it was my sister calling. So I pick up my phone and my sister says, the hospital just called. They're setting up a Zoom call right now for us three kids to say goodbye to dad. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus. We write this to make our joy complete. I love that passage from the opening chapter of 1 John. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wild at Heart podcast. Thank you, Fernando Ortega, for your beautiful rendition of Give Me Jesus. We are starting a new series this week that I am so excited about. I've been looking forward to it for a long time. With all of the news, all of the bad news that everybody's been immersed in for the last, you know, 15 months or so, I just thought it would be really good for us to turn our eyes back to Jesus. And we want to do a series just telling you, sharing with some of our friends here on the show, Jesus stories for inspiration, for encouragement, for instruction, but also because I know so many beautiful people who love God, love the Bible, but don't have the experience of Jesus that they would love to have. And so we want to we want to put it out there and talk about it and make it available because in the message version of 1 John, I love this, he says, now we're telling you what we witnessed. We saw it, we heard it, now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and his Son, Jesus. Our motive for writing this, John said, is simply this. We want you to enjoy it too. So here we go in the first week of a series on Jesus stories. And I am welcoming to the show for the first time some very dear friends, dear friends of Stacy and ours, but also very, very dear friends of the ministry, Becky Wagner, Tamara Paul, some Eastern Oregon 
girls that we met years and years ago. Becky, Tamara, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it is so fun. We're doing this by Zoom. I wish we were together in person because these gals are really fun to be with. And we're going to make our best here with Zoom. We have a long long story with Becky and Tamara. They've been friends of the ministry for a long time, but I was trying to go back and remember, how did we meet? Do you guys remember? How did you get, like, when was the first event? Was it? I think at a Captivating, probably our first Captivating. Um, but then when you were doing some events in the Portland and Seattle area, we would travel to those events. And I think we got to be, a, just started our friendship kind of around that time. Yes, because God bless you, you came to pray for me <laughs> and, and to intercede on my behalf. I was, yeah, that's right. I was doing a tour and, and speaking through the Northwest. That's right. That's right. And I remember you, you were driving out there saying, we've got your back. <laughs> we've got your backs. Anyhow, um, both Tamara and Becky are also members of our inner circle of, of intercessors here. And Becky actually led the intercessory team for a number of years for us. So long, rich history uh, to us, but it does go back to the early captivating days. And in fact, you both had some pretty cool encounters um, with Jesus uh, as a result of that first retreat. I, I'd love for you to, to tell us about that. Becky, let's start with you. Yeah, it's hard to not say anything about that first captivating, except it was a marking event in every way, and it changed everything. And a moment in particular was after the wound session, where Jesus had revealed really for the first time how he wanted to come and and really get to the very heart of my father wound. And granted, my father was a good man, um, a good John Wayne type of uh, cowboy that I dearly loved, but he was also very silent. And, um, and even though I knew he loved me, it just didn't speak into any of us girls. And so just realizing how profound that had been and how I view Father God. So I climbed to the top of the mountain above Frontier Ranch as Stacy had sent us out into what uh, we lovingly call our covenant of silence. And I'm just kind of pouring my heart out and asking Jesus to come into that. And he said to turn to Isaiah 62. And he said, this is what I'm calling you. And the verse in verse 12 says, you are sought after. And I just was undone because he came into the very heart of what I longed for and what I longed to hear from my father that I choose you and that you are sought after. Mm. And so knowing that that was God and literally at that moment, a hawk flew over my head, which I knew was Jesus because he speaks to me so much through his creation. And the most profound part of the story, though, is I go back into the next session and I'm just, I know everything has changed because Father God has just spoke to me. And Stacy says, as she starts the next session, you know what, there's someone here who needs to hear that they are sought after. 
And I almost fell out of my chair. Come on. <laughs> and I just, everything changed. And from that moment on, identity and who I really am and who God says I am has absolutely revolutionized my entire life. And mm. I'm so profoundly grateful. And I was never the same. Such an intimate encounter. And I love how Jesus does that. I mean, here you are in a group of, you know, 400 <laughs> women, yeah. but he is able to, he knows your heart, he knows your story, and Jesus is able to speak exactly what you needed to hear. Yes. And and then, even though you believed it, to come and bring that affirmation, that reinforcement, like, yes, I just said that to you. So kind. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Tamara, were you at the same retreat? I was. We went together on our first retreat, and um, which has been just absolutely wonderful to walk through that together, the two of us, with Becky and I. But um, yes, my first retreat was also my watermark moment, um, and still is. You know, um, I went to my first captivating, and um, it was the first time I had ever heard from God. And it was the first time I'd ever like pictured Jesus like loving me. And I remember um, Stacy played that song, um, I Am. And um, I instantly was baptized in the Father's love like I had never been before. Oh, and, wow. Um, it, it was really my watermark moment of being loved and being seen and being known by Jesus. And um, also in that first captivating was where I really, I love to pray before, but that's where my heart was just ignited and put on fire for prayer. And um, as Stacy taught about prayer and um, yeah, my, fire, my heart was just on fire for that. And so then I got home, this is a fun story. So I get home from captivating and I'm out walking my dog and, and just talking to Jesus about who he is and just so thankful for how he loved me through that and just came in so many profound ways. And um, as I'm talking and I'm praying, I hear this whisper of, invite me into what you're going through. I had a terrible sinus infection, horrible sinus infection right when I got back. And I was like, oh, right. Yes, I can. And so, so I just simply said, Jesus, do you want to heal me? And I, for the first, and he said, of course, yes, I do. And he came right in and instantly I was healed. And just like that, instantly I was healed of my sinus infection and and uh, just the kindness of God to come in so many ways. And yeah, I got to say, I didn't have a ton of faith in that moment that he was going to heal me. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but he came right in so beautifully and was like, of course, it's my delight to heal you. And so. Okay. So like, I want to catch our, I want to catch our listeners right now, because as we begin to tell Jesus stories, we, we start comparing and we go, golly, that's amazing. I, I wish Jesus would have healed me or I, I would love for him to speak to me. And um, 
and we're telling these stories because we want to open up all kinds of possibilities over the next several weeks of like how Jesus comes and his playfulness and his intimacy and his ability to get through our unbelief and get to us. Um, so the, I think it's really important to know when you guys came to Captivating, you loved God and you had a long you had a long life with God. You had a history of faith. And and so it wasn't like it was all and nothing, but something new opened up for you there. And you guys ran with it. <laughs> and part, part of the reason that I invited you to be on the opening podcast is you love Jesus. Yeah. Like you really love him. And you have had, like, that's years ago now. And since then, you've just had a walk with him. Like, how would you describe it now? Like, what is your life with Jesus like now? Wow. <laughs> you know, the beauty of having your best friend that is with you every second and the the glory of waking up and the first thing that I can't wait to do is run to read the word because he has something for me every morning and but I don't leave him in the in the silent time there he goes with me all day from the the turkey that that uh, you know ran across the road and to getting to uh, receive a text from a friend exactly when you need it just day by day moment by moment the intimacy that um, as I love that conversational intimacy is a day-to-day -day reality and it just gets better and better. And as Tamara and I talk about all the time, I feel like I'm on the edge of it. Like, I don't feel like you can ever plumb the depths of God, nor do I believe we ever will. And it's just the most beautiful thing to get to walk with him every day. Mm -hmm. It sure is. And I would say that one huge thing about that first captivating that marked me that has grown just deeper and deeper and deeper in today is that coming into the agreement that it's God's delight to love me. It's God's delight to encounter me. It's God's delight to be intimate with me in every detail of the day, every detail of the day. Yeah, that's so good. Because one of the things that we've been trying to make clear over the years here at Wild at Heart is that the Bible is not a book of exceptions. The Bible is a book of examples. This is a reliable record of what life with God looks like. And, and I chose that first John passage because he says, because we want you to have it too. This is, John says, this is why we're writing the New Testament. It's not just so you have an accurate theological understanding of Jesus, though that's super important, and that is why they wrote it. They wrote it so that you could have him, that we could experience more and more of Jesus in our lives. And I love, love, love that. The number of texts that the two of you have sent me <laughs> just in the nick of time, right? The, the verse, the, hey, I was thinking of you today. Hey, like Jesus's ability to get to us the word that we need, 
the picture, the invitation to the more. It's just so, it's so beautiful. Yes. And you know what I, you know what I failed to do? I didn't actually give you, give you gals a chance to introduce a little bit about yourselves. So Becky, you live outside Pendleton, uh, outside Pilot Rock, Oregon yes. on a ranch. So what, like, what's your life out there? <laughs> I do. Uh, married to an amazing man, Alan, um, who he's the whole reason that we even got to do this message because we had a good friend, Eugene Kubik, that gave him the Wild at Heart book. And I was just hoping for the feminine version and yay for captivating. Um, and and uh, that's kind of what introduced us to this whole thing. But uh, we have three kids. We raise cattle um, outside of jobs that that we do also. And uh, we love living in Eastern Oregon. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. And that's where you met Tamara as well. She's a Pendleton. Yes. She's a Pendleton gal also. <laughs> and Tamara, for years you were a, a Girl Scout leader. What, what tell it? Give us a, 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 the the rest of the picture of your life. Yes, yes. I live in Pendleton also. We actually, Robert and I just moved right outside Pendleton. We bought his great-great-grandparents' homestead from the mid-1800s. And so we live outside of town, surrounded by wheat fields, which is wonderful. And um, yeah, big project, but really fun. Beautiful. um, Yeah, so I'm married to an amazing man, and uh, we have six grown children. And um, which is super fun, and two grandbabies now, and that's wonderful. And um, so, yes, I was a Girl Scout leader for years. And as my, I started with them in kindergarten, went through with them all the way through high school, and um, am now a youth leader. So I still work with junior high and high school kids on a regular basis. And so that is really a joy. It is. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And there's a little bit of a kinship. Our listeners don't know about because I spent my childhood summers in Eastern Oregon uh, working on my grandfather's cattle ranch south of you all, uh, but on the eastern border. And and so there's uh, love for the Eastern Oregon world (laughs) that we share. Yes. Tamara, you had a beautiful story that took place during, well, before the pandemic, regarding your daughter's wedding, another Jesus story. I'd love for you to share that. Oh, yes, yes. Um, So my daughter Paisley got engaged in March of 2019. And she and Noah picked a wedding date of March of 2020. And which was wonderful. And it felt great. And we prayed about it and all felt good. And then in June of 2019, I was sitting one day and praying over the details of the wedding. And Jesus just spoke so clearly of, you might want to switch that wedding date to sometime in 2019. And I was like, okay. So my husband and I prayed about it. We brought Paisley and Noah in. We all prayed about it and just really felt like we should move up the date. So this was June, so we moved up the date to October of 2019, and Paisley got to have the wedding of her dreams. So then 
on March 21st, 2020, um, Noah and Paisley and Robert and I sat and had dinner together and just toasted Jesus and how good he is. Because if she'd had her wedding in March of 2020, there would have been 10 people at her wedding and it would have been wonderful and she would have loved it. But so the kindness of Jesus to say, no, actually, I'm going to give you the wedding of your dream. So we're going to move it up. So it was really, really beautiful gift from God. It's so beautiful. The number of times that Jesus has done that for us over the years in, in small things, simple, you know, birthdays, family trips, where he stepped in and said, hey, um, you might think about you know, changing the date or changing the location. Years and years ago, we we were given the opportunity to go to a guest ranch here in Colorado that's like so fun for a week because it's horses, but they do all the cooking and it's square dances and, you know, kind of the dude ranch thing. And we had an absolute ball as a family. It's probably like one of our top family vacations. And so the next year, we're like, no brainer. We're going back. Like, th this is a done deal. And, and I asked Jesus about it and he said, no. And I, I, I didn't want to hear that, so I asked him again about six times. I'm like, no, really, Jesus, seriously. And then I come back like a week later. No, really, come on, Lord. Like, can we go back to this ranch? And he, every time he's like, no, no, no. And thankfully, we obeyed. And that was the year the Haman fire swept through Colorado. That week, I mean, that was the week the Haman fire, the week we would have been at that ranch or, or would have put our money down was the week the Haman fire swept through. That ranch was evacuated. You know, all their horses were scattered across the county. You know, it was, it was chaos. And, and this, the, the kindness of Jesus to give us a heads up to that and, and a warning to it was... It's that, it's those stories that we want to illustrate for people because they're, they're so beautiful. They say so much about the heart of Jesus, about how much he cares and cares about the details. And that, as you were saying, Becky, like learning to hear his voice, learning to recognize the ways he's speaking to us, it's life-changing. Yeah. It's absolutely life-changing. So you're in a time of study and you're getting ready to teach on, was it Ruth? What were you teaching on? Yeah, the verse in Ruth 2 about um, being under the shadow of his wing. And I was teaching the book of Ruth to a beautiful group of women. And I just sat with Jesus and said, God, what does that really mean? Like, what does it actually mean to be hidden under the shadow of your wing? And, and I literally asked him, I said, can you give me a picture of that? Like, what does that actually include? And I went to check my email at that very moment. And Ellen had just sent an email that popped through um, that he said, hey, I thought you would love this story. Not having any idea that this was my question to Jesus. And I open the email and it's literally this incredible story from the Yellowstone fires of 1988, which let me just add, that meant even more to me because Alan and I were honeymooning in Yellowstone during the fires of 1988. What? <laughs> so it's just like a small little detail of only Jesus. 
And the story goes along the lines that after the fires had kind of cooled, the park rangers are out surveying, you know, what the ecology is looking like. And they come upon this mother quail that's at the very bottom of a tree with her wings outstretched. Um, and, and she, of course, um, isn't alive. And he just kind of flips the bird over and outruns from under her wings all these little chicks. What? And Jesus said, there you go. And I literally fell to my knees because it's like only Jesus, only Jesus at that moment could say, yes, I'll show you. In fact, I'm going to even be so loving and fun to have it to do with something that involved you and Alan anyway. And uh, that picture has stayed with me ever since. And But what's fun is... Mm the whole story of being under the shadow of his wing he loves to take it deeper and he loves to show more and i was heading into kind of a tough meeting into town the other day and i've been asking him again like for just a freshness and he speaks to me through eagles and so i'm praying over the meeting and wanting to be um just so present to him and at that very moment an eagle comes down over my car, but what I've never seen is the shadow. And it was the shadow of the eagle came down, swooped over my car, and it was the most holy, intimate, powerful moment. And it, it's like, what? And that that whole picture is just still, I'm unraveling the beauty of it. Mm. He's like, yes, I'm going to show you even more of what it means to be under the shadow of the wing. Oh my gosh. Like, okay, so again, the intimacy of Jesus, because he doesn't just speak, he speaks through the things we love. Yes. And, and it's trying to help people understand, like, the, the reason that you love the things that you love is because God is meeting you there. <laughs> you know, your particular style of music, that, that you love the garden or the ocean, or, you know, you love your bicycle, or like all the ways that God... He's just so intimate. And, and so here's a, I got a lot of eagle stories too, <laughs> actually. But it's so fun that you mentioned that. So last week, I was, um, we've been running pretty hard through the opening of, of 2021. We have the launch of the Wild of Heart and Captivating Experiences and these new film series, all the stuff we were doing. A lot of interviews, a lot of things going on. And I was really exhausted. And, I was praying two weeks ago. I said, Jesus, what do I need? And he says, you need to take a week off. And it, it really looked utterly impractical. I'm like, you understand my calendar's booked. And he's like, you can do it. You can, you can move those things. Like, trust me, you need to take a week off. Like right away. He wasn't saying, hey, sometime, you know, six months from now. He's saying right now. So I did. I moved my calendar. I moved everything I could. There was a few things that, that couldn't be moved. But for the most part, I got a week. And it was so restful. It was so good. And at the end of the week, I went down. Um, the weather finally warming up in Colorado. I got to go fly fishing for the first time in, in, in the year. And, and I went down to the river, the Arkansas River. And there were these two golden eagles. And because of the whole springtime, you know, mating thing and stuff, they were, they were flying together. And they were doing circles and that sort of thing. But they were so close to me. They were just on the other side of the river on this cliff face. And, and I, I'm just like, Jesus, I don't care if I catch fish today. Like, that's the gift. Like, 
there it is, the beauty, the intimacy. Yeah, it was really wow. swell. And the kindness of God to say, you need rest. And having taken the rest, then I was able to go and have a really rich day. And I saw bighorn sheep and I saw eagles. And like, it was this awesome, intimate day because he knows my heart. He knows what I love. And he, he knows the things that so speak. Good. Yeah, he, he knows the things that speak to me. Several years ago, I was speaking at the Association of Christian Counselors Conference, and I was talking to my fellow Christian counselors, trying to invite them, trying to show them that it's possible to invite Jesus into those sessions. Like when you're sitting with someone, you're listening to their life, they're sharing their heart with you, let God in. Like it's not because in my early days, I as you know, as a young therapist, you know, twenty years ago, I, was, I felt so much pressure to come through. Like you got to come through. You got to have something amazing to say. You you know, um, and Jesus just kept saying, "Let me in. Let, let I'll show you." And, and so he started to do the wildest the wildest set of things. Like he, I'd be in the middle of a session, and Jesus would say to me, "Ask this person, ask your client about the yellow parakeet." <laughs> And I'm like, no way. There's no way. I am not asking them about the yellow. I mean, and he's like, no, trust me. Like, do it. Do it. And, and so I began to learn to trust him in this. So I would ask them the question. I said, hey, I just sense something about your, your past. There's a yellow parakeet. And they would like burst into tears and start <laughs> weeping. And it was the childhood pet. And, it, you know, and we, we were able to cover healing ground that would have taken us six months to find. And Jesus was able to do it like in a moment and the number of times. And so I was, I was just trying to appeal to my fellow counselors saying, let him in. Like, and this would happen for us at the, at the Captivating and Wild at Heart retreats. So Becky and Tamara became part of the ministry team and you guys would come to the Captivating retreats and you have these wonderful experiences where God is able to, to use you to bring Jesus to others right? To, to speak words into, into other people's lives. Do you remember some of those? Oh, wow. It's, it's probably one of the most profound honors to get to love and minister um, on the women at Captivating, especially when it brings breakthrough and changes their lives. Like to get to walk with Jesus and that is one of the most beautiful things. Isn't it? Um, it's incredible. It is. It is. There's just, and I, and what's amazing is what a beautiful boomerang effect it has. Not only do you get to um, help someone else see the face and of Jesus, hear his voice and see how loved they are, like Tamara said, because it is his delight to speak. But then you, you get to profoundly go, wow, Jesus, you're amazing. Yes. And it's just so reciprocal. Um, and I have the most beautiful story of a gal once after a session where she's just undone and her heart is breaking and uh, Jesus highlights her to me. And he, he said, don't pray. I just want you to go over and hug her. And I'm like, okay. And I go over and I say, can I hug you? And she just looks at me through tear stained eyes and says, absolutely. And I hug her and she just cries a little bit harder but then finally um, looks up at me and says, 
I was just asking Jesus for a mother's hug. And literally, we were both undone with the power and the beauty of Jesus. And we corresponded for a while after that. And it was so fun for me to watch how she was never the same, just by me being obedient, hearing his voice and his love for that beloved daughter of his to go give her a hug. And she was at that moment asking for a mother's hug. And it's been fun to see her whole life change and shift from one moment. Isn't it dear? It's so dear. It's just precious beyond telling. And it it doesn't always, it, in fact, it, it often isn't dramatic. It's something as simple as a text, a hug, a phone call, a verse, like the intimacy of it. Yes. And and we we have we have wild, wild Jesus stories, but but the day-to-day, the the normal life with him is so tender and kind. And again, I'm I'm putting my heart, I'm putting myself in the in the seat of the listeners right now. And I just want to say, I know, I know, I know. I know, um, but there's more, there's more. Like this didn't come to all of us, any of us in just a a blink of an eye. It's been a journey right? over time. Tamara, how have you developed intimacy with Jesus? Like picture, picture a group of women sitting in front of you right now saying, wow, we love these stories. I would love more of that in my life. I'm not really sure how to get there. What would you say? I think um, the first thing is I would say is come into the agreement that it is for you. It is for you. All of it is for you. The encounters with Jesus, the relationship, the intimacy, all of it is for you. And when you can come into, I found that for myself, when I could come into agreement saying, wow, I hear all these stories for other people, but Jesus is saying, beloved, it's for you. It's for you. And so that was a huge, um, that was a huge change in my thinking. Oh, it's big. It's really big. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, the way I learned to experience Jesus was actually um, through um, nature. Like I finally came under the realization that all of nature is a kiss from Jesus to me. And so I would see heart rocks or I would see butterflies or I would see a parking spot or I would see, it didn't matter what it was. Everything was a kiss from Jesus to me. And I would say, thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And the more I looked for his kisses, the more I found them. And then that just, you know, became a springboard from there. But that's how I started out was really just in thanksgiving of an agreement that, wow, you can't wait to love me. You can't wait to to Mm. show off and romance my heart. You can't wait to come through for me. You can't wait to do that for me, Jesus. I love so, that. That's how I started experiencing God. I remember one day you were, your daughter was in the room and you said, I'm Jesus's favorite. <laughs> and your daughter got really upset at that. Of like, you can't say that. And you're like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Do you remember that? 
And it really provoked her. Yes, that's how I taught her. <laughs> to seek it herself. She's like, well, I want some of that. Like, yeah, it's, yeah it's, that launched her into, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're God's favorite. Wait a minute. I'm God's favorite. Yeah. So then she started looking for Jesus in all kinds of beautiful ways. Yes. Yes, that's so good. Becky, how about you? How, If a group of people were sitting in front of you saying, how do we find Jesus? What would you say? It has been, as you've talked about, the glorious journey. Um, and I would love to encourage everyone to say we're in progress and process. And I love learning to celebrate the victories because there are times that you know, you're like, Jesus, why are you silent right now when I'm asking you things? And just recently, John, Jesus said to me that when I'm silent, I'm so pleased with you. And that just opened up a whole new realization of even in the silence when I don't hear, because I don't always hear exactly when I need to, to keep pressing in. And Thanksgiving has been a huge part of learning the voice of God. And with what you and Tamara have talked about, it's like thanking him for that eagle at that moment, thanking him that right now I have a nest of owls out in my tree that I am loving, um, knowing that it is that kiss from him. And in acknowledging it, knowing that he is literally going to bring me more because he loves to give good gifts, thanking him every time that word comes at the exact moment. But the beauty of Brother Lawrence and the time spent with him and just turning my heart to him throughout the day. Mm. And just as Brother Lawrence talked about, you know, just literally the the dishes, the laundry, going to Riley's sports games, my, my youngest son, and um, getting to not just show up, but go, Jesus, how can I partner with you right now in watching him run track? And what teenager can I reach out to and love on while I'm here? And it's just this glorious dance, but literally it's moment by moment turning my heart, but also being so aware that in the midst of all of that, he cannot wait to speak and show up because the truth is he's always speaking and he loves to talk to us and he wants to develop that relationship with us. He really does, gang. He really does. And I'm aware of the listener right now who's feeling a little hurt and mad um, because they they didn't hear Jesus tell them to move their wedding and their wedding was in 2020 and it was six people or, you know, they didn't get healed from their sinus infection or, you know, and we all have disappointment in our lives and Tamara does and Becky does and I do and my wife Stacy does. And, and for me, loving Jesus when things are confusing Loving Jesus when things are really disappointing is what rescues my heart back to him so that when the fog clears, I can hear from him again. And, and the number of times, honestly, just in the last three months that Jesus has said to me, just, just believe me right now. Just believe me in the silence, in the hard. Just believe me. You'll see me again. You'll, you'll hear me again. Yeah, it's been, it's been huge. Yes. 
part of what triggered this this whole series that we're going to do, and, and, and listeners, we're going to go weeks on this. I'm going to have different friends into the studio or, or online with us, um, was actually a text from Tamara. And I don't remember even what we were texting about, Tamara, but you told me that your dad had passed uh, away. And, and, you know, I was responding um, with empathy to that. And then you told me a Jesus story around that. And I thought to myself, we need to tell more of these stories because this is what Jesus is like. Would you be willing to tell, tell that story? Yes, I, I would. Um, so on the night of December 21st, um, just in 2020, um, I was sound asleep and I don't remember what the dream was about, but Jesus walked into the dream and he said, wake up, go answer your phone. Your phone is ringing. <laughs> what? Yeah. Can you imagine? Right. Right. <laughs> and in my groggy state, I listened, but in listening, I didn't hear anything. And then again, I heard him say, get up, go answer your phone. Your phone is ringing. And my phone was plugged in in the other room that night and turned off. And so I get up out of bed. I go in, I pick up my phone and I look at it and it's ringing. And it was my sister calling. And so I answer the phone and it was 2.30 in the morning is the time it was. So I pick up my phone and my sister says, the hospital just called. They're setting up a Zoom call right now for us three kids to say goodbye to dad. And so we get on the phone and on the Zoom call. And this is December. And in Oregon, my dad had COVID. My dad got COVID and he was in ICU. And in Oregon at that time, no visitors were allowed in the hospitals. And so he was in there by himself. And so the hospital, in their kindness, set up this Zoom call so we could say a final goodbye. And we, I got on the Zoom call and he was gone within a half an hour. And so, I mean, it just undoes my heart, just the kindness of Jesus to come into my dream to say, sweetheart, I want you to get this moment to say goodbye, you know? And so, wow, yeah. Wow. Wake up, your phone's ringing, go answer your phone. And you're going to get a chance to say goodbye to your dad. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That story makes me love Jesus more. Like, I, I love Jesus already, but that story makes me love him more. Like, whoa, Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you did that. Me too. <laughs> thank you. And, and thank you that you do that kind of thing. Lord, like that's who you are. That and and that um, that's actually I'm cracking myself up now because I realize that is a is, that's a statement comes out of my mouth sometimes when I see when I have a Jesus sighting when when he breaks through, and I'll go, "That's who you are. Mm -hmm. That's who you are." Like when I'm reminded again of what he's really like, and 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 that he's so available to us. He's he's so right here. One memory of, um, well, 
which is really fun that it's a memory, but that um, this story just keeps like flashing in my mind and just like a current struggle is my memory because um, I've had um, so many surgeries and been under anesthesia so many times. And it was just the kindness of God this weekend. I was asking God, I was like, um, I specifically asking Jesus, like, come into my memory. Like, this is my real current struggle of where I'm at right now. Like, come into my memory. And then somebody came up to me and said, wow, I feel like God says over you, you have amazing muscle memory. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Isn't that just so sweet? And in the hardest yeah. of, of struggles of wherever you're at, like truly Jesus is in it. Jesus, I have to put that on there or anything. I just, it's flashing through my mind of just the kindness of God. He's just so, so kind in the good, the struggle, the wherever we're at. Mm, he really is. And just to add to the beauty of, of his sweet uh, kindness to Tamara in that, I, I absolutely love how he is in the glory of the details, like just only he could know that at that very moment that you are needing that text, like you've talked about, John, but literally um, how many times when I'm facing a tougher day and I have been in a certain passage of scripture that literally someone will say that verse to me or it it's the first thing that pops up on my phone mm. and and he is just wanting to be so present in the details of our lives if we're looking and uh it's powerful and it becomes a delightful game really mm. if mm. you're looking it is like a game and then he'll get more and more playful with it yeah. and, <laughs> and so I, I think part of what i want to say to our listeners is ask Start yeah. a ask like Lord, I, I Jesus, I want to see you. I want to experience you, and and then in very specific areas, ask Him. Um, I want to see your kindness. I want to see your playfulness, Lord. I need to see. So here, here's a really cool moment. And these stories are just flooding in now. <laughs> that um, so we're back in, we're back in the full blown height of twenty uh, twenty. In the spring, the world is literally shut down. Like the streets of Rome are empty. The streets of Paris are empty. Streets of London are empty. All over the world. And, and I, I have a really big heart for the world. And I am really upset. I'm like, man, this is not okay. And, and I, I'm like, Jesus, you got to give me some perspective. You got to show me here. And honestly, there's just, he's kind of in a moment. He just sort of shows me, boink the pictures that you get of earth from outer space right the planet and it's beautiful it's the blue planet you know our planet is so pretty from outer space but it's it's really actually kind of dinky you know it, it, <laughs> in in the grand scheme of things and he he sort of showed me the world from god's point of view and i'm like right right you have this you <laughs> You have this. Thank you. I, I just needed in that moment the reassurance of the sovereignty of God, uh, of the involvement of God in, in the world. And so sometimes it's his tenderness. Sometimes it's his playfulness. Sometimes it's his majesty. You know, the, just the different 
things. So I guess I would say to our listeners, ask, please ask. I was telling my um, testimony to some folks uh, recently who were asking, and, and I said, you know, as I look back at it now, I've had two conversions. And my first conversion was when I was 19, and, and I was practically a homeless street kid at this time, and, and I had a radical encounter with Jesus Christ. I mean, he just showed up in my life. And I'd never read a Bible, never been to church, never had anyone share the gospel with me. And boom, there's Jesus. And I gave my life to him, totally changed everything for me, like totally changed my life. But then there was a second conversion and I, I call it the wardrobe door. Oh. And it, it was the realization in my thirties, it was somewhere in our mid thirties where we began to go, wait a second, all of this Jesus stuff, in the Bible and in the stories in history of you know, the great Christian people and around the world, like that is actually normal. That's all meant to be normal. And so we started seeking it and asking for it. And, and a lot of it had to do with the opening of our hearts, like bringing our hearts into the equation and not just our minds and opening our hearts to him. And it, it, honestly, it was like walking through the wardrobe door where you're like, there is a whole world <laughs> of life with Jesus. There's a whole world of life with our Father, life with the Holy Spirit, like God, as Tamara was trying to say, come into agreement that God actually wants this for you in, in greater and greater measure. And, and we're growing into it now. And you, you could look back on those early captivating days and you go, that was wonderful but you've grown since then. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's been more since then and and more this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, we love you guys very much and we're so grateful for your lives. And, and when I think about the people that I like hanging around, <laughs> I, I like hanging around Jesus people. I like hanging around people who really like Jesus. And, and that's you, Becky and Tamara. I, I love your love for Jesus. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So thanks for coming on to the conversation today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great night. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> love you guys. So friends, again, um, we are going to do a series over the next several weeks of Jesus stories and... I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna love the variety. What what I'm trying to do is offer encouragement and inspiration, but also some hopefulness that more of God is available. Coming back to First John again, the infinite life of God Himself took shape before us. We saw it, we heard it, and now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us this experience of communion with the Father and His Son, Jesus. Our motive for writing is simply this, John said, we want you to enjoy it too. So look forward to the next several weeks with you all and more Jesus stories. 